Tonight is Wednesday, October 14th. It's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. Week 6 preview, taking stock. It is the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. I am Jason Evans, joined as always by David Biggs. Dave, cheers, buddy. Well, welcome to Wednesday, friend. All right, let's cheers over, not the electronics. It's it's kind of hard to do here. As you can see, we have a smallish table. But uh, it's fun. It's uh, it's that sense of danger, you know. Yeah. Is it is a smallish <laughs> table from the small country? Uh, yeah, it's from a tiny country somewhere. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> so tonight we're going to be discussing week six. We've got a preview of week six. We're going to talk about some boom and bust players uh, over the next couple of weeks. We're going to take stock of your fantasy team and sort of determine what sort of track you should take, depending on your record. Right. And at the end of the show, as has been a tradition for this season, uh, we will tell you the cut list. And I I, I like this little uh, segment that you've uh, made a weekly segment where we just kind of go over everything that we're going to cut. But first, Dave, what are you drinking? What do you got over there? Yeah, well, uh, I guess we could display them a little. Jason actually picked up this Lagunitas sucks, and he knows the whole history behind the thing. I I love Lagunitas, and they're a brand that's from uh, California, but also uh, created a huge factory here in Chicago. And so now we have the uh, the wealth of all of their beers here. Beer factory. That's right. <laughs> uh, since you mentioned that there is a story, I suddenly remember the story of Lagunitas sucks. So Lagunitas also makes a beer called Brown Sugar, and it's very popular. And one year, they just did not have the capacity or the ingredients or something in order to make brown sugar. So they made this beer instead, and they called it Lagunitas Sucks because everyone was pissed at them because they couldn't make brown sugar. And uh, it turns out that this is also a phenomenal beer. It's a very um, kind of almost flowery uh, IPA. I think it might be fresh hopped as well. No, it's dry hopped. Um, it's a seasonal beer. I wish they made it year-round because I would drink it year-round. Sure. I haven't had it in a couple of years. I don't even know if I saw it around last year or if I just skipped it, but I'm pretty happy with it. And uh, I saw it last week when I went to pick up beers, but it was like in a closed case that was like, it had like five more cases of other beer on top of it. So I left it alone. But then this <laughs> week it was on the shelf. So thank you, guy at the liquor store, for stocking everything. That's right. We've also got a little Apothic Red, uh, just a little wine to uh, add some variety. Are you drinking anything else? You got you got a little something in a small glass over there, I see. Yeah, this is Four Roses Small Batch, and I do love my bourbon, so a selection of drinks. Not too much of uh, any of them, but just a little bit of everything, I think, is the, uh, is the mood for the evening. Right, if you want to show with a lot of shots, then... Go watch last week when we celebrated <laughs> Vince's birthday. That's right. And cheers, Vince. I hope you had a good birthday. We certainly did cheers, celebrating buddy. your birthday. Yeah. So. Cheers. It was a good time. Mm. But on to the fantasy talk. So, yeah, let's uh, talk about the season so far. We're five games in. It's not time to panic, no matter what your record is right now. What should we look out for, though, uh, based on where you're at in the league? Well, here's my question. So, um, there's been five games. Obviously, your record can only be one of a couple different combinations. And uh, if we look at those combinations right now and we say you're 0-5 or you're 1-4, then obviously you have a team that is a little unsuccessful. Maybe there's been a bunch of injuries um, or maybe the team just can't catch a break versus opponents. But at that point, uh, there's a little bit more than luck involved because you're obviously not scoring enough to win any of your matches. Uh, I'm assuming that most of the people here that are listening or watching us are playing this regular head-to-head format. And I'm sure that down the road we'll talk about some other formats for fantasy. Uh, There's some things that I'd love to, to start but there's only a, a, a finite amount of fantasy leagues that you can possibly be in without your head kind of exploding. <laughs> so for right now, mostly head-to-head for us. We're, we're, we're testing it, though. That's right. Uh, I, I think one year I got up to like 11 or 12, and it, it just uh, I've never gone up to that uh, peak since then. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before you're just an extra on the boys and your head explodes. <laughs> well, at least I'll be on that great show. Spoiler uh, alert. 
heads explode this season. Highly recommended. Not sponsored by the boys. Wish we were sponsored by the boys. Great show. Um, can we even be sponsored by the boys? Do shows sponsor things? Of course they sponsor things. Everything <laughs> sponsors other things. So, um, Like sponsored by Game of Thrones? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> This shit show of a podcast sponsored by Season 8 of Game of Thrones. So if you're on that team where it seems like every time you want to get ahead with a player, you pick someone off the waiver wire, they get injured or their situation changes, you never seem to get ahead. What advice would you give to a player like that right now who's 1-4 and, and and seems like they're down in the dumps? What we don't want is people in fantasy as, uh, as commissioners and as uh, people that have played for years and years now. We don't want people to quit. Um, Absolutely not. And what I think is I've seen teams turn it around before and become that team that can get into the playoffs, win money, or even win the championship that start off with bad seasons. Um, More than any other season, I think that you have to hang in there. You have to keep, you know, pound the waiver wire every single week. Pay attention to the players that are dropped as well. So not only are you looking on Tuesday for what – is going to help improve your team, hopefully starters rather than just bench depth. But pay attention to what other people drop. There may be someone in there that's worth putting a claim in later in the week. Um, remember, in a 10-team league, you got to get to probably six wins to have a shot at the playoffs. In a 12-team league, you're looking at seven wins usually. But this season, I would put money on it that there are going to be weeks added to the season. And I bet you that the way it works is that the regular fantasy season is going to be extended. Right now, that hasn't happened yet, so don't quote me on it, but I would put money on the fact that the NFL is going to need to add a week 18 or 19 in order to accommodate more cancellations of games going forward. It's only going to keep happening. They haven't figured it out and stopped the problem in its tracks, that's for sure. Well, that's one way to look at it, and I don't know if that's going to happen personally. Uh, however, you're right that uh, this, more than any other year, it's important to see who people are dropping and uh, see what players uh, may have um, have issues on them, like uh, Corey Davis, for example, is a player that scored a bunch of points and then ended up testing uh, positive for, for COVID. Yeah. And so because of that, some people may have dropped him. And that doesn't mean that he's not a player that's valuable uh, not valuable on your roster. It just means that they maybe can't fit them on their roster that week. So take advantage of these things. Fun, funny you mentioned that because in our drink five league, which we like to use as a measuring stick, Corey Davis was dropped 12 hours ago. Right. And he, I, in my opinion, should be owned. Uh, but we don't know when he's going to come back. We don't have the stats on him. He's like, I'm going to pick him up right now, though. Well, I mean, if you have <laughs> any kind of uh, COVID list, Corey Davis is the kind of player that would actually qualify for it because he's actually been diagnosed with. He's been put on the COVID list by his team. Mm-hmm. So he can actually be saved on your IR for the uh, whatever amount of time he's going to be gone. Yeah, I'd like to see what... Uh, now, pers- I'm a little skeptical about the success of the Titans going forward. We'll get to that when we talk about Ryan Tannehill in the bus section. A little spoiler alert. Uh, but good points. So let's talk about the second uh, scenario. So that's the two and three or three and two teams that are kind of in the middle right now. Those are teams that score a lot of points, but have some kind of injury or positional issues, or they may even have been playing teams that have the high score of the week. Otherwise they could be a four and one or five and O team. So if you're in the middle, um, in my opinion, the best thing to do is not just to uh, to, to stand pat. You don't want to be that team that finishes uh, in 6th or 7th place in a 12-team league. That's yeah. not good. Uh, you don't want to be, even in a 10-team league, you don't want to be just barely making it into the playoffs. You'd like to uh, uh, usher yourself in there with like a chariot uh, you know, led by 12 horses. Sure, we all want a red carpet. <laughs> I mean, you know, that may not happen, but uh, at, at three wins, you're pretty close to being playoff eligible so what can you do from my perspective if you're a middle team i think you need to take those risks to get the boom players and those boom players if you pick up three or four of them in subsequent weeks one of them's going to pay off and be that guy who's that uh maybe not a victor cruz-esque boom which was like (laughs) one of the all-time boomers uh but you know people picked up claypool in redraft leagues just recently travis fulgham i think these guys all have a chance to be productive over the course of the year and you can't just hold up on to where you currently are if you want to make it into the playoffs you have to to get to that upper echelon of uh of teams especially if you have a uh, a league that honors the top division winners or the top point getters with bye weeks yeah and then the last one the third one i'll give this to you jason so four and one or five and oh obviously that's great i'm i'm excited about this team's outlook as the team manager 
uh, things are going well for me, but I've identified maybe some weak spots or there's players that are coming off the roster or things don't look so well going forward for matchups. So what do you do if you're the guy that's in the lead? So what I like to do is look for trade targets in order to shore up uh, bye weeks later on in the season. Now, that may change on you based on what they've been doing with the schedule. So um, pay attention to the actual schedule, not the schedule as it was released at the beginning of the year. That being said, even if you're a 2-3 and three or 3-2 three and two team, I think that searching for good trades is the right thing to do. The only time I would ever recommend a 2-for-1 trade is if you're in the 0-5 or 1-4 and four and you really have a lot of holes because of injuries. Um, so look for a 1-to-1 trade where you are uh, going to acquire a starter. So that's the most important thing. If you, can, if you have to get rid of a starter, I understand. Hopefully it's somewhere where you have a lot of depth on your bench but whatever you do if you're going to acquire a player in a trade they better be starting for you because there makes no sense to trade bench depth all you're doing is helping out someone else in bye weeks right don't just make a trade to help out other players in your league that's not you know that, that that's not very competitive in my opinion it's friendly but it's not going to help you win games in the long run because you're going to at some point need someone else to lose yeah, you need guys uh, for your squad and guys that are going to win and guys that are that are going to be better and that have better matchups going forward. So what one something that he always concentrates on, and what we've done podcasts in the past many times about matchups themselves. So look forward like a chess game in the top in the next three matches, four matches for your players. That's right. If you see something bad happening, some kind of curve that you can interpret as uh, as happening going forward, get rid of that guy. And you don't have to tell that to the guy you're trading with. There's no there's no yeah. reason for this. That'd be a terrible negotiating tactic. Yeah, tell him, uh, this guy looks great. Identify the trends and exploit them. That's uh, what that's a wonderful plan. transition, Dave. So that being said, I'm going to give you four players that are bust to look out for. Now, these are all guys who are top uh, at their position. They're Mm -hmm. WR1s or 2s, a running back 1, a quarterback 1, you know, guys who are all in basically the top 15 of their position. And what I, the common thread running through all of these players is that their upcoming schedule is very tough. And I'm talking not just three weeks, but six to eight weeks out. It's just brutal schedule based on the performance of the teams that they're playing, uh, you know, the performance that those teams have had so far. You have guys you looked into that, that have eight bad games coming up? Yeah, almost all these guys do. <laughs> it's crazy. So, uh, the first one up is Ryan Tannehill. I hope you guys don't have these players. Tennessee's quarterback. <laughs> so, on the season, he has the eighth most points per game. He just had his best game last night, 30 points on the dot. Very nice performance by Tannehill, especially coming back after, I believe it was the longest layoff in NFL history. Uh, probably one day longer than... <laughs> than any other team ever had. Yeah, Tuesday night football was awesome, and Tannehill was racking up the points. Yeah, we went to a really nice restaurant last night and watched some uh, Tuesday night football, and I I promised the bartender there that I will come back for every Tuesday night football game. So maybe in 15 years or... Hey, there was one 10 years ago. Perhaps in two weeks. Maybe in 2030 and maybe (laughs) in two weeks from now. You're totally right. Uh, So far, Tannehill has had some pretty easy matchups. All the teams he's played are given up Top 12 points to opposing quarterbacks. Now, when we talk about opposing defenses and how good they are, generally I'm referring to fantasy points given up. Not just uh, overall NFL stats where it's just yardage and and points allowed. I'm talking about fantasy points allowed. Yeah. Because that's what we care about, right? Um, So, Tannehill's bust has a lot to do with his matchup coming up, but I do want to point out he's trailing behind stat categories that he was doing well in last year last year he played very well in fact but his completion percentage is down his yards per attempt are down his yards per completion are down and his quarterback rating are down last year he led the league in those last three categories so you're not just cherry picking those stats those are stats that uh are are some of the uh the most important for quarterbacks it's good indicators of uh of how good a quarterback has been playing overall. When you look at guys like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, those are stats that they do very, those are categories that do well in. So even though he's scoring a lot of points, technically uh, the situation that he's in is maybe going to change over the coming weeks? I mean, last night he scored 30 points, but they were the beneficiary of a bunch of turnovers by the Bills. They, I think, turned three turnovers into 21 points. You're not going to get that every week. Yeah, I had I had if money. If that game's a lot more competitive, then it's a lot more Derrick Henry in that game. Ryan Tannehill maybe scores 22. Right. 
And then he may not even be in this conversation because maybe he's not considered a top 10 quarterback. So you wanted Henry to score three touchdowns is what you're saying? I, you know what? More yardage is what you're saying. Don't care. (laughs) (laughs) The the one person who played Henry against me already beat me going into Tuesday. I had a bet yesterday um, on the Buffalo uh, defense getting a touchdown for some kind of uh, uh, points. And and that was the complete opposite situation. It was very surprising to me. They had a... um, they had a play called back that almost scored a touchdown. So you were like an almost, almost away from it. See, I wasn't facing the TV when we were eating. I was, it was probably the right move. I didn't want to see that. Yeah. If you were betting anything on the Bills, you didn't want to watch the game last night. <laughs> By the way, we live in Illinois where sports betting is legal, so if we refer to that occasionally, we don't have some shady bookie down the street. We have a shady bookie on our phone. That's right. That's right. So... Back to Tannehill. He has six straight games coming up against teams that are all very tough against quarterbacks. Five of those six teams are giving up the 10th fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks or better, meaning they're even more stingy. The worst team there is the Steelers. They haven't given up 20 points to an opposing quarterback all season. They've kept everybody below 300 yards, given up no more than two touchdowns per game to opposing quarterbacks. So, you know, if you're okay with guys scoring in the high teens then go ahead and start your quarterbacks against the Steelers. Otherwise, it's like the ceiling that they're giving up right now. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tannehill has given up his bye week already, so there is that. However, um, his games coming up are Houston, Pittsburgh, and then Cincinnati, Chicago, Indianapolis, Baltimore, and Indianapolis again. All of those teams are playing very well. That takes you through week 12. That's rough. That's yeah. rough, Tanny. You can't you can't roll with that. You need to at least stream a quarterback. But what I recommend is that you sell high on Tannehill. You just put up thirty points. Someone just lost Dak Prescott in your league. Uh, someone is going to have bye week problems with their quarterbacks. Try and sell Ryan Tannehill for a starting tight end or some depth somewhere. When I talk about, I, I literally just said, don't trade for anybody that you're not going to be starting. However, um, if you can sell high on a certain player and get depth at a position you have to consider it at least yeah so let's not uh you know draw a line in the sand so so uh, speaking of that we have uh, a question from the chat room his name is truman he says i had dak and uh, i told jason we would bring up dak if Dak came up so thank you for bringing him up uh, unfortunately and and raising a glass to dak that injury was just so horrible everyone feels bad uh i'm sure he does more than more than anybody else but I'm glad that uh, he's uh, doing okay now. The question is, uh, in need of a quarterback, obviously, because he has Prescott, is getting Lamar for Anderson and Crowder a good trade? He has Devontae, uh, Galladay, and Godwin. Uh, so that's an awesome lineup of wide receivers that you're chilling there with. If you're giving up um, Anderson and Crowder for, for Lamar Jackson, I would say, yes, that this sounds great. This is a two-quarterback league. I'm not too high. I don't like the way that Lamar Jackson has played this year. In a one-quarterback league, I would say no. Yeah, but the problem with it... But in a a two-quarterback league, league, yeah, I think you got to make that trade. Even though he's not playing up to full expectations, uh, I'm sure that he's kind of buying him low in that particular trade. Uh, Yes, definitely you're buying low on Lamar Jackson. And and probably in a 10-team Superflex league or two-quarterback league... You're, you're going to not have anybody on the wire or, or slim pickings. So you can't just get a Lamar Jackson who's going to score you 20 points every game. So I say all day long, Truman. I would, yeah, I would pull the trigger on that. And good job for you for having uh, such good depth at wide receiver there. Uh, so Devontae, uh, who, who uh, should be back. Galladay, who is back and kind of smoking with uh, Matt Stafford right now in Detroit. And Godwin, who's practicing today, which is fantastic. So you're about to have a great wide receiver lineup. You need a quarterback to uh, play under center for those guys. All right. Next guy on my list is Raheem Mostert. So he has been in and out of the lineup this season, just like he was in years past. Even though he played all the games last season, he was the starter. He was not the starter. It was a little confusing. Through three games this year, he is the sixth best running back by points per game. He's averaging 18.1 points in his three games that he's played. Only three games. The 49ers offense, though, is falling apart. They don't have any consistent quarterback play. And Mostert is trending down in points um, from, like, a season high of 23 to 17, 13 last week. So he hasn't been a total disappointment just yet. He still has a lot of value in the trade market. Yeah. What we're looking at, though, is his matchups. He has games against the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Patriots. Those are very tough run defenses. His best matchup is coming against the Packers. 
That game is on a Thursday night. Dave, how much do you like betting on what's going to go on on Thursday night? I know you hate Thursday night football more than most people, and and to be fair, uh, I've seen some of that actually come to fruition where uh, there's there's generally not a lot of points or the people that you thought would be good aren't good. I don't know if that's some kind of uh, TNF voodoo uh, from this guy, <laughs> but I, I happen to agree with you that a lot of times Thursday night football is just a little strange. And so I don't like putting a lot of players out there on Thursday. And sometimes, in fact, and maybe this is just superstition, but if I have a choice between guys that are somewhat close in the rankings, I might even bench the better guy just because it's Thursday night. Trust me. I agree, Rick. <laughs> so Thank you, Mr. Sanchez. Not a big fan of the Thursday night. That's his only good matchup coming up. So Mostert has a bye week coming up as well. You can dump him right now for some value and do it before he really starts slumping. Because if he has two bad games against uh, these really good defenses and so does the rest of the 49ers, nobody's going to want to trade for him. You're going to lose all value for him right away. So this is not quite selling high on him, but you're selling before the dive hits. You're kind of at a plateau at the moment with Mostert. Point out the fact that he's the sixth best running back, that he's scoring 18 points per game. You know, you need to pump up the player a little bit. I want to give you some good things to look at at these guys. Um, I'm not going to bring up busts that are, like, terrible players. Like, those are obvious. All these busts are all good players. They're all players that have value right now. So um, I, I may sound a little crazy, a little um, uh, like I'm reaching a bit. But the point is that these guys are guys who I'm looking at who are going to be trending down coming up. Let's get rid of them before any of that starts. Yep. Next guy on the list is Tyler Lockett, wide receiver for Seattle. He has the 14th most points per game among wide receivers this year, but that is almost all because of his week three game where he had three touchdowns. Aside from that, he has not hit 100 yards in a game. His targets are falling. He only has nine targets in the last two games, nine targets total in the last two games. The first three games this year, he had eight targets at least in each game. So DK Metcalf is the reason for this, right? He's amazing and he's so much better than Lockett he's probably the best wide receiver in the league right now in, in a snapshot and Russell Wilson is going to find DK Metcalf as often as possible I feel like Hopkins still takes that title but I totally love DK um and DK might be the best the best combination of great quarterback and and great uh talent uh, wide receiver, you're saying? No, I mean like he has a great quarterback oh, Russell. throwing him the ball. Of course. He I, has the MVP. I think Tyler Lockett's situation is interesting because he was the number one guy for a little while, but now he's like the number three guy in Seattle. Yeah. And that can sometimes equate to big numbers, like you said, with the three-touchdown game. Now he becomes very boomer bust to the point where you don't want to play him on any team where you're looking for consistent fantasy points because he's going to have 20 and then two. Yes, that's what you're going to see with Lockett. He's always been that way. It's just going to be exacerbated because there is now a better receiver on his team. So trade trade fodder, uh, or if you keep him till he has another big game and then get rid of him, something like that. Yeah, great trade fodder. So coming up, he's got games against the Arizona twice, against San Francisco and the Rams. All of them are top 10 in locking down opposing wide receivers. Their best matchup comes against the Bills, who are still in the top half of the league. Uh, as far as good matchups against wide receivers. So, like I was saying, with all these suggestions, they all have value. They're very high top end. Their ceiling is going to be a lot lower now. So trade Lockett away while he's considered a top 15 receiver. His bye week is coming. Perhaps you can eat the bye week in order to increase his value a little bit. If you can hold on to him for one more week, trade him next week, his bye week will be gone. That's a selling point. Say, hey, this guy doesn't have a buy left to go. He's good to go for the rest of the year. Um, you could even, you know, make the argument that people will be paying more attention to DK Metcalf and less attention to Lockett. But the thing is that um, everyone, including Russell Wilson, will be paying more attention to DK Metcalf. Yeah. Not just the opposing team, but also his quarterback. So I, I really think that DK is going to be uh, the man here. He's going to wind up being like in the Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas sort of tier next year when we're drafting is my prediction. Um, and as we know, on both of those teams, there isn't a second guy who can stay in the top 15. Right. There just isn't enough targets. DK is going to be getting 10 targets a game at least, and they're going to run the ball a little bit more because they need to stop having such chaotic games. So trade Tyler Lockett right now while he's still a top 15 guy. 
We have another question uh, from the chat room, and that's uh, do we play Deontay Johnson or DJ Chark? If they play, this is in a standard league. Um, DJ Chark has some kind of injury, which I'm not sure of because they haven't said anything about it. Uh, I don't think publicly yet. So we need to wait until tomorrow to see if he practices. He didn't practice today. Um, I feel like Deontay is going to be back out there. The Steelers are looking... He did clear the... uh, Deontay cleared concussion. Yes. So Deontay will be ready to play, it looks like. Both of them are sort of in this questionable cloud kind of situation. Uh, I prefer DJ Chark's immediate situation. However, uh, he very well might sit out a game depending on the severity of his ankle injury. Yes. So I, I love that you you have both of them. I think unless you're just talking about picking those guys up, in which case, what a horrible league. So you must <laughs> you must have both of them on your bench. Um, so I I would consider uh, DJ Chark the number one there and Deontay number two. That's by far for me. I love Deontay Johnson. However, uh, a lot of people are coming up on the Steelers, and so it's going to be unclear how the target situation uh, um, disperses on that offense over the next couple of games. I think personally that uh, that Juju, Deontay, and Chase will all have some targets during each game, but because Deontay is just coming back from an injury, uh, he, he may just be peppered in. So DJ is the guy that I would go for if he's playing. I guess we'll know tomorrow. I like Deontay. The Browns have given up double-digit points to... Uh, eight different wide receivers so far this year in five weeks. And the Jaguars are playing the Lions. So you can't really go wrong in this situation. You have two (laughs) good guys. Perhaps there's another guy worth sitting, but I agree with you. DJ Shark is the one here as long as he's playing. If he practices Thursday, Friday, go with DJ Shark. Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) that's your... That's your order of importance there. But uh, both great guys to have uh, to pick from, so that's great. Yeah, don't feel bad if you got to start Deontay Johnson. And Troy says, uh, I just picked up Tanya, and do I drop Hurst? The answer is yes. yes. Hayden Hurst is not worth rostering because the Atlanta Falcons suck. Um, oh, it's sad. I, I was high on – I was right about Austin Hooper last year. I thought it would follow that Hurst would be the man this year. But, boy, the Falcons suck. Did you put like a Falcons poster up there with the Titans and the Jaguars and uh, and the Browns? Uh, and the Browns. Dave, don't forget the Browns. <laughs> Look, some of those teams are good now, but uh, they've all had something in common. At least I haven't said anything good about the Jets all year long. <laughs> Jameson Crowder is the only thing good about the Jets. Oh man! You know, people people have not been paying attention to Jameson Crowder at all, but he has scored like over a hundred yards and. Uh, a, a ton of catches. He's PPR gold. Look up Jamison Crowder's stats and explain to me why no one talks about Jamison Crowder right now. This is insane. <laughs> That's right. So he talked about the bus. I'm going to talk about the booms. I got one more bust. Okay, I'm sorry. One I, more bust. Uh, we, is we forgot about Tyler. We got Tyler Higby here. So I, I had to reach a little bit. I do like all the guys in the top ten tight ends right now. I'll take, I'll take a shot for that. As I've been uh, examining, it's schedule that I'm looking at most here. So Higby is the 11th in points for tight ends. He's tied with Hunter Henry, who, honestly, I cut Hunter Henry because he's on bye this week to stream the guy. I don't think that Hunter Henry or even Tyler Higby is worth it to hold on to um, through a bye week. Oh, I love Hunter Henry. I think he's a top 10 tight end, uh, especially with Herbert. Well, he's, he's 11th so far this year. And I, you know, I, I didn't feel that the rest of my depth was worth holding on to him. Well, I'm just saying, I don't think you can compare uh, uh, those guys, even though they both have names they that have They have H- literally H. the same number of points this year. No, I was talking about Hayden so Hurst. So that's a good comparison. Hunter Henry. No, 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 I'm talking about Higby and Henry. Oh, I thought you said Hurst. Okay. No, we already determined that we're cutting Hurst. We're cutting Hurst. We're not trying to get value out of him. Yeah, that's... We're still trying to get value out of, Hunt, out of Tyler Higby. That's rough. They're all in this big jumble of like, uh, of what do you do with these tight ends, right? Precisely. Yeah. So, just like uh, Tyler Lockett, Higby had an explosive game where he scored three touchdowns. However, if you cut that game out, Higby hasn't scored or broken the 40-yard mark in any of the games this year. He has 40 yards in a couple of games. He has only 17 targets through five games. That's just not enough volume to start a guy. So, upcoming matchups are pretty bad. Over the next eight weeks... He only has one matchup that is any good. The Bears are giving up top 10 points to opposing tight ends. That's a week seven game. So right now, Higby's value isn't too high. Perhaps you can hold on to him for another week or two and stream somebody Mm -hmm. in order to uh, see if he has a decent game against the Bears. 
their other matchups are really tougher, and an eight-week stretch is way too long to hold out on a player. So unloading Higby now isn't going to net you too much value. See if you can hold on to him through a week or two. Otherwise, I would endorse cutting him if you need to just stream a tight end. Yeah, you know, sometimes you have to make that tough decision. Uh, it's better to cut a guy too soon than too late. It's sad, but this this might be foreshadowing to uh, later discussion as well. So, uh, we're sorry to to break the news about Mr. Higby. Oh, little spoiler! I just scrolled down. I might know something you don't know, <laughs> listeners and viewers. Mm. So, Dave, enlighten us on to the players who are doing better yeah so here is the boom right uh we talked about the bus and that is uh that's a clip i should have had up what's wrong with me (laughs) that that is that is players that uh that are not going to be doing well over the next few games several games in in some cases as you talked about six games eight games which is awesome talk about this guy telling you what's going to happen eight games from now that's amazing all of the bus i listed have at least six matchups coming up that are really bad so there may be one game sprinkled in there that's like okay not quite as bad so listen to him you know we we have tried doing rankings a a number of different ways and i i will mention that i do rankings for fantasy pros uh from drink5.com that's uh that's where we've been doing all of our fantasy pro fantasy advice uh podcasting and everything for years we just started doing this youtube thing a couple of weeks ago and uh, appreciate that you guys are coming out to listen yeah, please follow us on YouTube so that um, we can grow on YouTube. Subscribe would be the correct word there. Okay. I, I'm just getting used to this thing he, He's new to these uh, these social media channels. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's, uh, um, anyway, uh, we'll get him into it, right? It'll be fine. So uh, I'm going to talk about guys that will be good over the next four or five, six games, we're hoping. And we'll see, maybe uh, a couple of uh, weeks from now, we can come back to these and see how clairvoyant or not so much we were. Sure. And the good thing about that is, statistically, we're bound to hit on a couple guys, right? Well, what I like is the first guy on your list is was a recommended waiver pickup for me from me last week. And I did pick him up, and I started him, and it worked out. Yeah, he wrote an article uh, for, for waiver picks last week when we actually had our broadcast on Tuesday. I didn't look at that about this, but I remembered something strangely uh, familiar about Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about him for a minute. He's the 15th highest scoring quarterback this season, putting up 92.74 fantasy points total over five games. He started really slowly, but that makes sense, right? Because they made coaching changes, they made player changes. Uh, he's a, a new quarterback for their organization coming in as a starting quarterback yeah. at the beginning of the year. And they year. lost all of their games with the terrible Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> And, and Bridgewater has averaged almost 300 passing yards and two touchdowns over the past two matchups with Atlanta and Arizona, not including a rushing touchdown against the Cardinals that he had in Week 4. Bridgewater has the cast to back up these rising numbers. He has DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson already at wideouts who have been doing very well, more uh, much more lately, uh, no pun intended. And Curtis Samuel, one of the best number three wide receivers, in my opinion, in the NFL. Usually when you get down to the number three, uh, most people don't even know who those players are. But Curtis Samuel is consistently putting up uh, 40, 50, 60 yards and a number of grabs per week. So good to see his whole cast. But, I mean, let's 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 talk about the elephant in the room. Christian McCaffrey was injured very early in the season. Huge blow to a lot of fantasy team managers. But Mike Davis has filled in in a similar way. The Hall guy of ha- Famer Mike Davis? <laughs> Hall, Hall of Famer of the week. <laughs> the, the guy had 25 touches last week, including 10 targets, which resulted in 9 receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. Does that sound like Christian McCaffrey numbers? It certainly does. So Christian McCaffrey, uh, let's be honest, is a, is a little better than Mike Davis, but this is one of those situations similar to my team, the Steelers, uh, where you have guys that are good on your team, you have good coaches, you got a good line, and it happens. It just happens. So uh, Bridgewater is that guy who's able to make these things happen, and it's what we're looking for. You get a fantasy quarterback that excels specifically uh, in, in passing it to a pass-catching running back. When you get that combination of a good quarterback that not only can throw it down the field, but also loves to throw it to a really good pass catching running back yeah then then that's what we have here folks it we... spreads out the field the uh defense is focused way more on the line of scrimmage and then it's opening up uh downfield stuff so some of the stats i was talking about ryan Tannehill earlier teddy bridgewater is career high in a lot of those categories his completion percentage is 73 percent this year his previous high was 67.9 percent last year 
And that was just during that brief period uh, starting for New Orleans in an offense that stresses completion percentage. So are we seeing perhaps maybe like these two ships passing in the night and Bridgewater maybe going up while Tannehill trends down? I think so. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that... I think that Bridgewater is actually a reasonable replacement for Tannehill. Well, again, uh, he is currently the, the 15th quarterback overall, but I would, would consider him uh, to to make the top 10. Uh, if not, he'll, he'll at least make a run for it is what, I, is what I think will happen. Sure. I would imagine in the last three weeks he must be in the top 10, right? Uh, I don't know the stats over the, the last three weeks, but uh, the whole season. Well, Flea Flicker rocks. I can get you those numbers. All right. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, not top 10. But he's scoring 20.89 points in the last three weeks. He's top 15. Yeah, so moving up. Uh, number two, running back. And you'll notice we, we have picked a guy from each position because it's just easier to do, uh, although it's hard to find tight ends sometimes. It is. Uh, Miles Gaskin is the guy that I chose. And, and I'll say this. He probably shouldn't be on this list. We probably shouldn't be talking about the Dolphins, <laughs> but but we are. We're because talk- they have the Fitz magic. We're talking about him. So he's the 27th highest scoring running back this year with 45.6 fantasy points. 17.6 of those coming last week in the routing of the 49ers. And that was quite an interesting uh, exploration of football. Uh, the Miami Dolphins destroyed the 49ers. In San Francisco. It, it was Quite amazing. And our, our uh, um, uh, constant contributor and friend, Sean Foss, who uh, is a huge 49ers fan, huge. I, I'm quite sure that he, uh, he was, let's say he's not, he was not taken by let's that Let's say game. he was making a sandwich or two. Probably making sandwiches. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, Gaskin has not had a game below 7.7 fantasy points, which is not uh, such a wonderful number, but it is saying that he hasn't really... Uh, bottomed out or laid a goose egg or even put up a five or a six if you have 7.7 and a half ppr and that's your lowest game then you're doing uh, better than the curve i would say as someone who's being played right now as a running back two or a flex uh, low rb2 flex yeah and and in general is still trending up so match up against the new york jets this week and they're currently allowing the sixth most points to running backs with 24.9 per game Absolutely going to continue that trend. Uh, someone earlier, I think it was uh, Truman, said that he in the chat was going to start Fitzpatrick this uh, this next week against the Jets, and that's an awesome matchup. And I love not only Fitzpatrick but all the things associated associated with Fitzpatrick. When Miami and Fitzpatrick specifically are are on fire and doing well, you you got to you got to just follow that heat. You know this team is hot right now. Um, and you know what they say about irons, Jason. Strike while it's hot. That's right. So uh, we talk about Tua uh, Tagovailoa, uh, and, and Tua is going to develop slowly, learn the offense. That's been the quotes from the coaches, uh, the players, the quarterback, uh, Fitzpatrick. Everyone has said that. And so while Fitzy is doing well, everyone's going to do well. Mm. When they switch over to Tua because they have to or because they want to, uh, there may be a little bit more of a slow growth cycle, but right now we know Miami's not going to win the championship. But letting Tua sit for a whole season is not a bad plan. That's what they—that's what teams want to do. They just can't do it anymore. They yep. always try. They never succeed. Yep. So Miles Gaskin, your thoughts on Miles? Um, he doesn't like Miles, but I, I, I'm not high on Miles Gaskin. I will admit stats he's are kind the stats. Of, yeah, he's kind of a middling flex guy. There's a lot of those guys. Now, as a team, the Dolphins are definitely trending up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that much I like about him. He's if you're on a if you're the running back on a team that's doing better, you're going to see more and more work. Therefore, I like that. If you have a chance to pick up Gaskin, I don't know how much is he owned. He's owned in 67% of Flea Flicker leagues. So there's a chance that he's on your waiver wire. Um, he definitely needs to be owned in leagues. He definitely um, is a good bye week fill-in, a good injury replacement. Perhaps not an every-week starter, that's all. All right. Well, I mean, he's a second-year guy, so you you, you got to take these guys while the iron is hot, as, as we mentioned, because if, especially in Dynasty Leagues, Keeper Leagues, but also in Redraft Leagues... You keep, keep talking about this iron. Bite my shiny metal ass. Fire. Heat. Uh, <laughs> if... If you do not pick him up now, you won't be able to pick him up. That's all I'm telling you guys. So let's move on to wide receiver. Mike Williams. We talked about Mike Williams last night. 
Uh, he was available in a bunch of leagues on the waiver wire this week. I don't understand. It's because uh, he was injured a little bit with a hammy. His stats were not out of this world. Uh, Justin Herbert had not sort of announced himself as, as a really great quarterback. So, yeah. so let's go over this. Number 50 wide receiver overall in half PPR scoring with 38.9 points. He's only put up seven receptions for 100 yards over the first three games of the season. Then he went out with a hamstring injury. So he was on people's drop lists. I don't. Absolutely. I don't think he was ever on my cut list. I don't but, remember him being on your. But I think he was probably wavering in there. And since I own him in some leagues, I was like, I don't want to put him on the cut list, bro. I, I'm not going to put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> but uh, in in week five's loss to the Saints, he he caught five passes for 109 yards and two touchdowns for 25.4 points and half PPR. And it shouldn't have even been a loss to the Saints if the money badger had put his money where his foot was. I'm going to take your word for that. I'm not sure what I'm going to have means. to listen to that again to try and follow it. <laughs> did he even get paid, polite. this guy? Did, did this guy even get paid, or does he just want to get paid so he calls himself the money badger? Is that how it works? They all want to get paid, let's be honest. We all want to. No one wants to not get paid. I know. We want to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is the start of a, a positive trend for Williams, which coincides with the rise of the Chargers rookie quarterback, which if you guys didn't see the game, go watch the game. It's it was awesome. He played great against the Saints. I watched the whole game. It was fantastic. He started in in week two after the the botched pain killing injection uh, when there was a rib injury from Tyrod Taylor. And I gotta tell you, I feel horrible for Taylor, who people are making fun of for suing the team. Oh, they collapsed his lung. Like they just Fuck the team. They just stabbed his organs. Like, yeah, like that's just oh. I don't I don't know. They I, I, <laughs> he was sitting on the sideline after that. That is, like, the toughest I've ever seen a football player off the field. Well, he's got two lungs. Oh, yeah. What, do you, yeah. what is he complaining about? <laughs> okay, so... Come on, skin tube. So, Herbert came back in week two against the Chiefs, and, and he did okay, but he's been better every subsequent game. And he is himself, in my opinion, an honorable mention for this boom tag as a quarterback. Because I love the guy. I love what he's done. You're totally right. I wanted to put him on the bus list. No, you can't. I'm like, you can't. he's a rookie. He's such an easy target. And the more I looked at it, it was too good. he's too good. Yeah. He has some good matchups coming up. He's going to keep improving. That's what rookies do. Yep. Unless so, they're terrible. But he's first-round pedigree. So Herbert is throwing well enough, uh, enough yards now that he can easily support both receivers, Allen and Williams. Um, Williams has a very good chance to get back to his level of success in 2019, which is 50-ish receptions for 1,000-ish yards, and he hasn't done so well over the first couple games of the season, but clearly uh, he... He's done ish. No, he's less than ish. (laughs) But I'm saying... This week was very good. I'm saying Allen and Williams uh, are going to be fine with Herbert, who has no problem chucking the ball and has no problem just diving headfirst or arm first, as it were, into the uh, the circumstances surrounding these football games, which are very stressful, uh, and and uh... he, his lung be, could be collapsed at any moment. <laughs> so my last bit of information is Mike Williams, in fact, is going to do so well. Uh, he already matched the number of touchdowns uh, just from showing up on Monday Night Football that he had last year, which was two. So if you remember, Mike Williams had, was a huge. Uh, target. Weren't both of those touchdowns on a Thursday night game last year? I'm not sure. I, I seem to remember in a drug-induced haze sitting in the... Oh, no, this was 2018. <laughs> yes, I wasn't in the hospital last year. Alright. So, so he... Uh, uh, so, Mike Williams uh, was, was one of the biggest off-season targets this year and had pretty high uh, draft pedigree, which is why people were dropping him. Because they're like, oh my god, this guy's a bust, he's done for. Turns out he did have a hammy. Uh, he was he was in for the early Herbert and the late Taylor, uh, uh, and and now he's actually in a good spot with what seems to be a rising star quarterback and Keenan Allen as a number one. And what's one of our favorite uh, situations for wide receivers that are awesome? Being the number two. Yes, if they if their number one isn't overwhelmingly dominant, which Keenan Allen is not especially because like he has back spasms and random injuries all the time, um, then being that number two guy where you're going up against clearly not very great uh, defensive backs 
you know, you're going to have a good time. Yeah, so I love Williams. I think he's a fantastic pickup. You can't pick him up hardly anywhere, uh, although apparently he was available in a couple of our leagues. He's owned in 69% of uh, Flea Flicker leagues. So 31% of us. So take a look at that and see if you can pick his ass up. Yep. He needs to be owned in every league. And let's talk about uh, tight ends On from my perspective. Um, this is a guy that uh, was kind of panned because of where he went, but because of how the team is currently doing, I've changed my situational uh, philosophy around on this particular uh, pick. Now, I don't know if I am going to pick him up because I don't own him, own him anywhere uh, currently, but I feel like uh, I do have one league, for example, where I have Tyler Higby. We talked about Tyler Higby. Sure. We'll talk about him in a minute, too. Uh, and I, I feel like uh, maybe in that league I could pick him up or something. But Austin Hooper. You're not going to believe this one. What? Austin Hooper is owned in more leagues than the last two guys you talked about. It's probably like 80%. 74% of leagues. Because he was uh, had a huge contract, because he had such a high uh, draft score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like tight ends are that position that if you are drafting um, and, and you pick up a tight end and you have like two of them on your league, if it's a redraft league, nobody ever drops them. They just keep them on their team. People, you know... Occasionally, like drop wide it's worth keeping a, a backup tight end, especially if you can pick up a guy who's playing well. Because then you can use him as trade bait. But there's no reason keeping a backup tight end around if he's mediocre. When they're like draft, you don't need to keep one. You can always stream a guy. I like the the guy who's drafting like three tight ends. He's like, I don't know. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna swap them out for matchups. Single quarterback league, they take three quarterbacks. <laughs> we want those guys in our league. So we can win more money. Yes, I'll take their money. So Austin Hooper currently ranked tight end 15 from the Fantasy Pros ECR. And I think that's a little bit low considering the trend that I'm seeing and how I project him to perform over the next several games. He has scored only 21.3 fantasy points in half PPR overall so far, which makes him the number 22 ranked tight end over five games. Let's talk about that for a second. he's 29 now. You got to include last week. I'm sorry? I, I believe he is at 29 now. No, I've got I've got all those stats. Twenty nine point eight points and half PPR. Okay, well I I must be looking at something else. If but, you add the twenty one to his eight point two from last week. Well, I'm I'm not going to talk about that. But his targets have increased over the last three weeks from four to seven and then to ten. So last week against the Colts, Hooper caught five passes for fifty seven yards. The previous week he caught five passes and scored a touchdown. With the Browns offense that's stepping up a little bit this year and scoring uh, thirty points. In four straight games for the first time since 1968. Uh, let's pause for uh, for effect there. Well done, Browns. That's 30 points in four straight games for the first time since 1968. They scored 30 points seven games in a row that season. It's impossible to ignore that Cleveland might be doing some things right this season. Not all the things, or even a lot of things, but some things, Cleveland. So we appreciate that. I dare that. say they're doing most things correctly. Nah, I don't know. I could never go that far. I am, <laughs> after all, a Steelers fan, and the Browns are a horrible football team, and they'll find some way to fuck it up. But uh, I, I am I'm thinking that, you know... Hooper had a hell of a resume from Atlanta, obviously. He got yeah. paid the big bucks in Cleveland. And like we've seen before with Baker Mayfield, maybe the guy's just kind of a diva. Maybe it takes a little while for them to build chemistry, for him to pass to someone. Um, you know, the signs of life we're seeing, very encouraging. I, I think the next three matchups, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Las Vegas, don't look great on paper. They're not giving a lot of points up to tight ends necessarily. Cincinnati is the best one of that bunch as far as the fantasy matchup. But I don't care about the matchups because, yeah. uh, I mean, there's that's a running team uh, that has guys on the ground and it has Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. There's too many threats on that team for the defense and the secondary to be worried about Austin Hooper. Are you concerned about uh, David and Joku coming back? No, taking not, some snaps? not at all. Okay. That guy has done nothing. Do you like the Ninjoku? No, I just wanted... I, I know that it's on the minds of some people. Therefore, I must speak for the people. I suppose it could be possible. I just... I, I'm a fan of trends, and the trend that I see is 4, 7, and 10 targets. Uh, touchdown recently. Baker Mayfield, good chemistry. Uh, a team that wants to win and is winning. It seems like all things point to Austin Hooper being a probably a tight end 2 uh, or uh, a low tight end one, but it's something that he wasn't going into this season. 
uh, even though he was drafted as maybe what was his ADP for tight end, maybe like seven or something. He was drafted pretty high up there. He is obviously not a tight end one over the first uh, three or four games. I would guess he's in the 10, uh, 11, he was 11 in any scoring format. Okay, so uh, so I think that now uh, maybe people have dropped him or maybe he's available. But like Jason said, uh, uh, he is still owned in a lot of leagues. So that, he's available in Drink 5. Regardless, that is a, uh, a pickup for me and a boom guy over the next couple of weeks. And uh, and that's all I have there, folks. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the difference between a guy like Tyler Higby and Austin Hooper, who have nearly identical stat lines, uh, to me is that one of them is um, trending up, Austin Hooper. One of them is trending down, Tyler Higby. Right, yeah. You know, you get rid of Tyler Higby while he has still some value. Acquire Austin Hooper while he's still cheap. Yeah, I mean, let's let's have sort a gar- of the lesson of this podcast is buy low, sell high. Let's have a garage sale. Yep. Um, <laughs> and uh, and that brings us to the cut list, which is our last segment of the night. And the whole point of this, if you guys haven't seen it before, is just to go through um, who I think are the people that uh, have lasted a bit too long on your roster. In general, I think I'm referring to 10 and 12 team fantasy leagues. If you're in a 14-team fantasy league, for example, yeah. then a lot of these guys will still be kept. Uh, you have deeper rosters. Um, the leagues that I play in are 10 and 12. Uh, so let's start with quarterbacks. And I want to uh, hear from Jason uh, kind of what you think about these guys. So Matt Ryan, and I just wrote down, uh, are you surprised? Nope. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, bye, Matt. It was it was fun, but uh, you're horrible. Replace any of these guys with Teddy Bridgewater. Now, do you think that Matt's going to be any better now that they ended up uh, firing the head coach there? I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I actually do. I think that uh, it generally the Falcons <laughs> are going to improve at least a little bit. We saw, we called it with Houston, and it happened. And I think that we're going to see some improvement with. The Falcons. But it's Houston's, not going to be... Houston's younger and Like, they and turn more, around and make the playoffs. More talented, maybe, than the Falcons are. They're more talented at the quarterback position. Take away Julio Jones. Well, they've already taken him away. Then you've got no talent. <laughs> Show me the talent. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Very talented. He can't, he can't exist without someone, you know, throwing good passes. Calvin Ridley has four great games in five weeks. Look at and Jam- he has one game with zero catches. Jamison Crowder probably put up more points than Calvin Ridley has over the last four weeks. And he's on the Jets. <laughs> he's on the Jets. <laughs> oh, boy. How about Jamison Crowder versus Calvin Ridley? Calvin Ridley is still the third top-scoring uh, wide receiver this season. Uh, what's Crowder at? Is he like six? Um, Crowder is not on the first page. That means he's below 20. He's 23. He's put up 56 points on the season. And uh, Calvin Ridley has 86. That's crazy. The it's Jets... because Calvin Ridley mi- or uh, James Carter missed two games. Oh, uh, okay. so let me let me give you a point per game. Uh, this will be a little more reasonable. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, Jameson Crowder is number three in points per game. There you go. Calvin Ridley is number six. Okay, but so, they're only separated by 1.3 points. Makes sense. That's fine. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is Crowder is being unobserved entirely by like all of the fantasy audience out there. Crowder owned in 85% of Yahoo. Probably, uh, not Yahoo, but Flea Flicker. Probably because he's just on the bench of... I haven't been on freaking Yahoo all season. I he's on it. the bench of every fantasy team, and every fantasy team's like, I'm not going to play him this week. And he's like, I'm going to put up 20 Why would points. I start J- Jamison Crowder? Uh, he has at least 10 <laughs> targets in every single game that he's played this I year. I told you. He's amazing. But I bet nobody's starting him. They're like, Crowder or A.J. Green. Do, eh, you remember, Green. do you remember the patron saint of Drink 5? His name is Cecil Shorts. And he played on a team that was really bad, that always lost. And what happens when a team is losing? They enter garbage time. That's what the freaking, you know. And, and, and is there any better garbage time quarterback that you can think of right now than Joe Flacco? Have you watched? Who is just garbage all on his own? Have you watched any Jets games? No. Jamison Crowder is getting passes the whole game. It's not garbage Actually, time. Actually, no, even the Jets game that was on primetime, I barely watched. It's not garbage time. However, uh, I'm, I'm, I apologize for watching a Jets game. It was garbage. The, <laughs> it won't happen again. The Jets game was garbage time. <laughs> uh, so let's let's go back in. Joe Burrow. Uh, so a trend down if I've ever seen one. Touchdowns in the past four games. Three, two, one, zero. 
Okay. So the rookie blues for Burrow, although Cincinnati was uh, kind of on the rise there for a little bit, they guess they realized that they're the Bengals, and uh, this is what's happening. They're better them. off losing to get another round of good draft picks. I like Burrow. I just think that he's going to have his ups and downs and mostly downs this year because he's in a division that happens to be very good, and he's his team is not very good. Yes. So they might still score fantasy points. Uh, other players on the team might score fantasy points. These like, are all one quarterback league recommendations, by the way. Don't go cutting these guys in two quarterback leagues. No. <laughs> uh, and Ryan Tannehill is the third guy I have. So such a good game last week I put. So good. Schedule so hard. So tough. <laughs> I think the same thing that you do, which is that Tannehill is fantasy fool's gold in uh, in fantasy football in 2020. And that we're not going to see the kind of things we did with him before with A.J. Brown and Jonu Smith every week because his matchups are simply too hard. They're going to be hard-fought games. I would like to be proved wrong by Tannehill, uh, but I don't think I will be. Yep. Running backs. So, uh, Zach Moss, uh, I think you you, you ditch the guy now. It, it seems to me... Like, you have a lot there in uh, Devin Singletary, although he did put up a dud last week. Uh, that's mostly because uh, Buffalo got schooled. And uh, <laughs> do you think there's any uh, hope for Moss uh, as a as a redraft league fantasy player? I think that Moss is not going to get anything going on until um, the truth, you know, becomes lies, if right. you will. So Devin unless- Singletary needs to step aside or get injured or struggle for a couple of weeks in a row, but he's played well and they even used TJ Yeldon. So is, um, was Moss inactive? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I fully endorse just getting rid of Moss and your next guy on your list, Jeff Wilson. Uh, I preemptively cut him before you wrote the cut list. He was inactive last week uh, for a toe injury, but basically it's Devin Singletary there and not Moss. So the people that had Moss should get rid of him. And yeah, we're talking about Wilson. Wilson was great. I recommended him one week. He scored two touchdowns. I no longer recommend him. <laughs> I've done the thing. We're done. Right? We're, we're finished. So, 10 out of 10. Okay. Uh, Malcolm Brown, 147 yards and zero touchdowns in the last four games. That is not someone that you should be interested in. He has like eight, nine touches a game. He doesn't do anything with them. And it's uh, it's not someone you should have in your squad. I agree. And I only say this because he's owned in a ton of leagues still. Uh, let's move on to wide receivers. So, Jason, a little, a little lightning round. Uh, Sammy Watkins recently got injured, and I think uh, he went on IR, it's right? It's too cold for the lizard, man. He needs <laughs> heat. He needs like a warm rock that he can sit on on the sideline. He's only none of that. He's only good in September. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and then next, again in January for some reason. Next year, I encourage you to draft Sammy Watkins late and then play him <laughs> play for the first one. two no the two two games. Okay. Uh, and and get all your touchdowns right in and then trade him away. Get rid of the the reptile. Okay. Uh, AJ Green is a drop in redraft league. He's the wrong color AJ. That's not a racist <laughs> statement, but you do want the AJ Brown, not the AJ Green. These <laughs> that was rough there until you corrected yourself. I just you know. This is the internet. We're talking about all. football here. <laughs> Are we going to get canceled after this podcast? Probably not. Okay. Just have to put up a disclaimer and donate to some uh, some foundations. All right. <laughs> I apologize if you were offended. No, you don't. So, <laughs> so AJ Green, love the guy. I still think he has the possibility of putting up points in this league, but he's been out for so long, and he has no chemistry with Joe Burrow. So he's just not welcome in redraft leagues this year. That's it. Uh, Russell Gage. I like Russell Gage too. He was showing really well for himself, but in and then like the Falcons just decided to just shit on the in the middle of the field. That's a good way of describing what the Falcons have done. So six catches for sixty four colorful for sixty four yards over the last three games. Uh, not good enough to roster on any fantasy football team. It's brutal. And it's sad because you know I've had conversations about Gage. Gage was doing really well there as the third target on the team. The problem is they can't even sustain one target. How can, um, how can they sustain? They're doing okay with one target most of the time. How can they sustain three? That's about it. Yeah. Okay, they're just sustaining one target. Barely. That Hayden Hurst would have been like. It's on four. life support. <laughs> uh, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. 
Uh, again, good in theory, but if Aaron Rodgers doesn't like you and you can't catch a touchdown pass that hits your hands, you're no longer on the roster. That's true. And Equinemius St. Brown is coming back. Well, that's great. It's just another guy who's going to do well for a week and then fall into obscurity. Tristan Emotep. Okay. Yeah. That's a whole... Equinemius, Tristan Emotep, St. Brown. There might be even another name I think there, there is. <laughs> Uh, Brandon Brandon Ayuk, uh, this guy is a rookie and there's a J in there. <laughs> really, he has an initial. He has an initial. Why? 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 His parents' names are are probably just as bad, aren't they? Wasn't it like a like a German weightlifter mom and like a I don't, I don't remember. It's a crazy. His crazy siblings background. are Amon Ra, Osiris, Osiris Adrian. Yeah, they're Amon all Rod, Julian, Heru. They're they all have like some Egyptian god in them and some other some other uh, elements. I think it's interesting. So uh, Ayuk is was uh, drafted in round one. We could do a whole podcast about the same Brown family. This is amazing. The the twenty fifth pick of the twenty twenty draft, and like all rookies, uh, we can get excited about them, but still then push them uh, back because they're not someone we want in our redraft leagues. And it was, I think, uh, game number two that got people really excited because he had eight targets, caught five of those passes for 70 yards, and he had uh, three rushes for 31 yards and a touchdown, and he jumped over somebody. Yeah, he hurled a dude on uh, during a national te- nationally televised game. Yeah, so That's w- going to raise your stock immensely. So once you're on ESPN, uh, you have been seen by... Well, approximately 50% less than used to be seen. No, this was a Sunday night game, so... Because ESPN sucks, but besides besides the point. Um, Concur. Brandon is a great rookie who is not someone you should roster on a 49ers team that doesn't even know who should be their quarterback. And the only good person on this team right now is George Kittle. And he's not allowed to be good at the moment. <laughs> That's not true. Well, there's no one to make him good. <laughs> when you're a tight end, you have to have at least a serviceable quarterback. They need like Dwayne He's not getting that. Dwayne Haskins to 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 come in and throw the ball to George Kittle. Yeah, they do. What a little Mitch Trubisky in the 49ers action. Watch out for Le'Veon Bell landing on the 49ers. <laughs> Whatever. That's not what I want. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Uh, and we're talking about Debo Samuel, who is probably the the most um, probably the the most. Um, He's definitely the most owned quarterback or wide receiver in that. Yeah, the 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 guy that I think is most controversial is the word that I was looking for. Really? But he he scored. Uh, uh, he nine, doesn't have ten points on the season. Nineteen yards uh, last week. He, he's had illnesses. He's, Eight targets, two catches. Yeah. So how can you roster someone like that? And how can you be? Uh, how can you be a fan of a team that doesn't play football? Is is the. <laughs> George Kittle needs to slap them all across the face and play beer pong and get those guys going. What the hell is going on? I don't understand it. I don't get it either. It's insane. Uh, Moving on to our last segment of the evening, uh, the most exciting segment, certainly, the tight ends that you cut. This is a bunch of bull crap. That's probably, that's correct. (laughs) Uh, So, Tyler Higbee, number one. Yes. We talked about him earlier in Jason's segment as a as a bust. I can't disagree with Tyler Higby. And uh, Eric I may disagree with a few of these other guys. Eric Ebron on the Steelers. You won't disagree with him either. I picked him up as a bye week replacement. Oh goodness. Well, Eric Ebron. The Browns are giving up a lot of points to tight ends. He's a bye week replacement. Don't look too much into those kinds of stats because if the Steelers have three wide receivers that are all good and all available, they're not going to pass the ball to Eric Ebron for a touchdown. I promise you that Eric Ebron will score more points than Hunter Henry this week. Uh, this is this Hunter is, Henry is on bye this week. This is therefore Eric Ebron will score more points. This is true. That's a good bet. Solid bet. Yes. Look, the Browns have given up double-digit points to three different tight ends this year out of five games. That's you know when it comes to tight ends, that's not too shabby. And when you're looking for a matchup. I think you're not looking situationally. Uh, I totally understand what you're saying about the, the the Steelers have too many weapons yeah. to make a tight end worthwhile. James Conner, like the, he's the he's the uh, fifth option on the team right now after Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster. Do you want to play? Let's fix Jason's lineup right now. <laughs> well, what what tight ends do you have available that are not Eric Ebron? Because yes, I think Jimmy he... Graham, Jordan Akins, Austin Hooper. Darren Phelps. You know who I'd pick? 
I guess you're picking Austin Hooper. Absolutely, 100%. Hooper is way better than Ebron. And going forward as well. Unfortunately, this is probably a league where I would have picked him up. No, he's available. I mean, all those guys I listed are available. No, I know. It's probably a league where I would have picked him up. Okay, after... but you haven't. You can certainly pick him up. I bet you have a good tight end in this league. It's probably Tyler Higbee. <laughs> it's probably the league I was thinking of. All right, King Me. You are a Tyler Higbee See, owner. I was literally going to pick up... Uh, so you could do that under my nose if you want, but I was literally going to pick up Austin Hooper for Tyler Higbee. This guy with Ebron. Okay, whatever. Keep him, drop him, whatever you feel like, sir. I don't uh, know. An Ebron versus uh, Hooper bet might be interesting. Fine, as long as I can pick up Hooper and you don't take him right now. Well, <laughs> I, I'm just saying let's just bet in general. Oh, 100%. Uh, I have no problem with that. Ebron versus Hooper. Pizza. Pizza, okay. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is the last guy, and he popped up uh, on my list again because people were picking him up because he had a little bit of uh, success over the the previous week. But that doesn't mean anything. He's not involved in the offense still. This is just an occasional sort of situation. Do you people not learn from watching O.J. Howard, a talented tight end that never scored any points? (laughs) Gronkowski is on a squad where he's getting paid to block, and that's his role. He's had 52 yards last week. And uh, I picked him up in a league that's very deep, where Mo Ali Cox was my only backup. You're defending these other tight ends. You should stop. <laughs> if you're looking for Ebron and Gronkowski to do well this week, then you're just I'm looking in the wrong place. Definitely not starting Gronkowski this week. But I don't want to admit who I am starting. Who are you starting? Hayden Hurst. Oh well, then you you have to pick someone else. Well, this is a dynasty league. There, nobody's available. There's definitely no one available. Like the names that we just listed. The problem with this is that when you're in a league with a, t- a very deep bench, you're going to run into these problems. Well, you, know, I snagged... I, you guess Jordan Aikens is my best option? I snagged Hooper, so I appreciate that uh, information. A Tyler Eifert? <laughs> a Christopher Herndon? I'm not picking up anyone in the Jets. Fuck that. Anyway, uh, we, we really enjoyed uh, the conversation with everybody. Uh, and uh, we'll continue to do this. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and add infinitum. And yes, follow us on Twitter. Am Wait. I getting this right? Subscribe to us on Twitter. Yes. Okay. No, no, no. It's it's follow on Twitter. Follow on Twitter. Subscribe, subscribe on YouTube. To YouTube and like on Facebook. Okay. What about Instagram? What do people do there? Oh my goodness. <laughs> we're, we'll ha- we're gonna we'll have a whole tutorial, but off off camera. Is, this is just a tutorial for me, I assume. Oh, my goodness. If yes. you found us on YouTube, you probably uh, know more than I do about social media now. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to sign off? Yeah, just do all the things we just mentioned, and we'll be back next week. We will... Um, I'm, I'm completely lost, I have to admit. I finished my beer. I'm not even drunk like last week. Well... Happy birthday, Vince, last week. Uh, this is actually a, kind of a Jason birthday show because it was your birthday on the 10th, which is just this last Saturday. It was my birthday on so the 10th. So congratulations. Happy birthday. And, Thank uh, you, sir. Anybody still in the chat room, feel free to, to wish Jason a happy birthday or send him you know, gold bullion or whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm sure he'd... Frankincense and myrrh, also acceptable. <laughs> you want some frankincense? I don't know. I don't even know what frankincense is. It's probably an incense. There was a wise guy that gave someone that, but I mean... Exactly my point. (laughs) Good night, guys. We appreciate you. And uh, good luck in your fantasy leagues going forward. Remember, drink5.com, where you can find all the latest player news and analysis. And I'm also an expert on fantasypros.com, where you can find David Biggs, Drink5. Check out my picks. And uh, good night. Oh.